And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome uh, back to your most favorite fantasy baseball show in the entire world, not featuring Briccaroli. It's Under the Radar with your friend of mine, Ian Khan. Hello, my friends. My friend and yours. Good morning. We got a good show for you today. Uh, born out of a, a tweet from Nick Gaspari, who uh, who said, "Hey, Ian Con Four, which is the burner account, looking to get into my first fantasy baseball dynasty startup league. Any advice on a good website to play on that would have openings? Maybe you can cover it on the next pod with Derek Van Riper and Nando Defino. Much appreciated." Uh, so we're basically going to go blow by that website, and we thought it'd be a good idea how to bird how to build the perfect dynasty league. How, yeah. how about that? I want to thank you guys for adding suggestions in the rundown. I, did you did you add suggestions? <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> hey, I'm having a little bit of a, a playback issue. Is that because my can you guys hear the playback or is it just me? I, everything sounds fine to me. All sounds good here. Okay, maybe because I think I had the QuickTime volume up, but I guess I should have the QuickTime volume down. Correct. It's got to be all the way to the left. There you go. That's the issue. You'd think I would have figured this out by now. For gosh sakes. Before we do that, Nando, can I just mention that DVR and I partook? Is that right? Partook? We partook in a quite awesome auction the other night, which is the XFL, which is Ron Chandler's. You you haven't mentioned you're in that league at all on the show. Have I mentioned? No, I don't think you have. Really? It's a big deal for me. (laughs) I think I did. (laughs) I think I I did. Have you done any acting before? Uh, Because you haven't talked about that either. No, no, that that actually not so much. Or, or God, tell you, all right, no, but uh, Steve Gardner and I, Steve Gardner and I did a tremendous amount of work. One of the cool things about this is, even as partners, you you can only have one person in the room, and the setup is they give you all the forty man rosters, and they have you have that in front of you. You're not allowed to have your computer. You're not allowed to have any notes, and typically it's done in Arizona. But this year, because it's online, everyone was sort of... And so Steve and I had to not engage each other. So we did a tremendous amount of work beforehand to decide how we were going to do stuff. And uh, That's a cool and rule. So, well, we would say that is, for our dynasty rule. rules. Well, I wouldn't. I would not implement that. It's it's very specific. These are the these are the the granddaddies of the fantasy baseball league. I mean, DVR is by far the youngest member of the league, and I, I guess I would be second youngest, which makes it you know we're it's an older league. I mean, Todd Zola, Jeff Erickson, Don Drucker, Brian Walton, Jeff Winnick, um, Brian Feldman, Ron Ron Chandler. It's Ron's league. It's 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 a it's a really great thing, and I was. You know, it was just great. And DVR did his typical excellent job at the draft. Did I? I thought you did. <laughs> I thought you did. Didn't you? I, I think it went pretty well. It it was it was actually uh, compared to last year's auction, the prices were firm. There was more inflation, a little more inflation throughout. Uh, so last year, I was able to be pretty aggressive early to get some pretty nice trade ships. Didn't trade as many of them as I thought. Shortened season sort of changed everybody's plans a little bit. But 
it seemed harder to get the players I wanted early. And when you're in a position with a lot of money in a keeper league, it is not a comfortable feeling when you're not buying the first few players out and you keep seeing guys coming in higher than you expected. But see, something happened because I was watching. I, I was I was watching, but my, my my video was off on the Zoom call, but I was watching the whole thing, right? After I put my kid to sleep, I came back in and I was like, all right, where are they? And I watched from then on. Our plan, Steve Gardner and I, our plan was something that I don't think anyone had seen before, which was our plan was, and this is the theory question, to leave money on the table. We left $25 on the table at the auction, and that was the plan. And people were like, I mean, Todd Zola, I remember at one point going, somebody's got the hammer because Steve didn't pay for Brian Anderson. The point was that we didn't want to buy anybody that we wouldn't want to keep at that price for the following year. Are you rebuilding or are you building like like the Giants said, or are you in the middle? We're rebuilding. You know, interestingly enough, I think we might actually play this out this year. Uh, we our team is pretty pretty interesting, but we got great prices on guys. Like we got Jared Walsh for a dollar, which means we can keep him next year for six, the following year for eleven, the following year for sixteen, twenty one. And it was because we waited till the end for all of these players. Did you get so Ryland got, Bannon by any chance? I uh, n- no. All right. No. Should we have? Yeah, man, that's our guy. <laughs> Still, I like that Ian has forgotten about Ryland Bannon. <laughs> yeah, who are you talking about? I'm sorry. About? <laughs> I, I still, I, I'm embarrassed. But the way that the, the league is set up is contracts are interesting. So Sam Huff was a guy that we were targeting because he's a $3 rise every year. It's it just interesting. But people were just so shocked. They were like, you left all that money on the table. What the hell are they doing? And when I got on the phone with people to start talking trades the next day, as I am wont to do, um, everyone's like, why'd you do that? And I explained it. They're like, that's a really good reason. So something for people to think about. When you're in like the league that I do with DVR, Mackie, we are, you know, you don't have to spend all your money in a keeper league. I don't spend $5 if you can spend 2 because your keeper price goes down if you spend less money on the player. And if you want somebody, you spend it. But if you don't, you don't. Yeah, that's wise. That's what happened to me, too, where I, I ended up leaving more money on the table than usual. And I think the only thing that I would have done differently, and this would be my my tip if you leave too much on the table, spend a lot on one guy. Don't spread it all over a bunch of other guys and bid yourself up or you know spend 10 and that's the 7 on a bunch of dudes. Because like you said, Ian, the keeper value is really important. I had room to jam in like a J.D. Martinez or somebody early on in the auction and I still would have ended up with a lot of the great late value plays I had later. To me, like it, at, at a certain threshold, but at a certain threshold, you you did leave too much. Like I don't know if you guys did specifically, but I think you can leave too much in a keeper league, even though it's okay to leave some money on the table in a keeper. I, w- I will agree with you on that. However, just by what I did was I wa- I looked at all the trades for the last three years in this league and noticed that the 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 players that got the most value back. We're not the guys that you buy for five weeks. Nobody buys those guys and pays a tremendous amount. That's not the way to do it. Or at least that's that was my estimation of the situation. I'd rather have the roster spot and use that roster spot for someone who could grow into something bigger, like uh, Garrett Crochet. We got Garrett Crochet for three bucks and on a $3 contract because he only pitched like five innings. And so the, the upside of that to me is more valuable than you know, five weeks of Max Scherzer that I would have spent money on. Anyway, it's just something to 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 think about. 
I like and it. And having the power at the end to buy Hunter Dozier for eight bucks when everyone else was running low on money and other people wanted Hunter Dozier and we wanted Hunter Dozier. It's like, all right, we got Dozier for eight. We got JP Crawford for three. We got Ty France for four. Like there's a lot of upside with these guys. I guess it's tough. How many, how many people are in this league? 15. So, I mean, you're at the mercy of 14 other people, even if you have Max Scherzer to maximize his value, so to speak. To maximize that's 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 my issue with that strategy, which you avoided, I guess. Is but also there's another thing that happens. This particular league has one player who is so far ahead of everybody else. In Doug Dennis is his name. I don't know if everybody knows. Doug I know Dennis. Doug Dennis. I remember Doug Dennis. Yeah, D- Doug Dennis's team is ridiculous and is going to be somewhat untouchable for the next at least two years. He just has. Too many young hitters. He's got Bo Bichette. He's got Eloy Jimenez. He's got, I mean, name a player. He's got Wander Franco. He's got Bellinger. I mean, and he's got them all like seven bucks. And then next year, there'll be 10. And the next year, there'll be 13. And the next year, there'll be 16. So it's hard because like one of the, this is a theory question too. One of the first things I could sell Doug Dennis pieces right now that he needs. If I sell the Doug Dennis first, I shut the league down because nobody's going to trade after that. So you can't go right to the top guy and make the trade with him because that'll shut down all the other trades that I have planned for the for the course of the season. You're really deep into this. This is the stuff that I enjoy. I, I work hard, man. I work my tail off in this work that I'm doing is my job job these days, which I love passionately. So when I have some time to think about it, I love Dynasty Theory and Keeper League Theory. Eddie Almonger reached out to me and we were talking yesterday for about 45 minutes about the best way to maximize uh, Jacob deGrom. You know, and I loved it. I love it. That's it's like my favorite thing to do. How hard would it be now? Like, is our pickups open? Like, how does this work now? Can you? What's the machinations of the league at this point? Between now and March, it's really trades is the only thing. Though I think there aren't going to be many based on the phone calls that I made. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think much is going to happen. Um, but so that'll be until March. So like, it was great because it was like a lot of activity over the course of the last like. Right before the keeper deadline, there's a tremendous amount of activity. I was on the phone daily with people, and then it was quiet between the keeper and the auction. And now between the auction and the beginning of the draft, there'll be some. But I imagine more will happen in April and May in this league. But, you know, you just you take your time and you spend your time on one league at a time, you know, and the league that's active. Get in there. Enjoy it. There's nothing more fun than trading. Really, for me at least, there's nothing more fun than finding the match that works for both teams. Yeah, you get on that phone with someone, right? I really like it, man. Yeah, it's really fun. right up, yeah. You get to hang out with Ron Chandler for 15 minutes. And he'll go, Ian, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, and I understand. I just wanted to put it out there as, a, as an idea. He said, Ian, I'll think about it. It's, I, I see how it could bring value to both teams. And I, I get off the phone. I'm like, yeah, I just got off the phone with Ron Chandler. You told me that you nine years Ron ago. Chandler. Never. Never, no. no, no, no. No, you gotta understand your you gotta understand your teammate, right? So I never just call Ron. I always text Ron. I say, "Hey, Ron, uh, do you think you might have a few moments to get together on the phone?" And and then he'll respond when he responds. And then he'll always pick. He'll say, "Sure, let's have about one thirty tomorrow." And then I have my time, you know. Nice. And then there are different guys. I thought you had to go directly to Ron Chandler's home to negotiate. I know. Him, that's what I saw Jed Latkin do oh, in man. the Fantasyland And that's what, I'm, that's what I stay away. Like that, I'm, I have that dude in mind. And the look on Ron's face when the guy shows up at his house, he's like, what are you Come doing on, That was all staged. I, Ron did not look like he was staging. That was staged. Ron, Ron looked annoyed. And I always think of that as like, don't, don't annoy Ron. I got a couple of guys I could just call in that league and sort of go, 
like Brian Walton talking talking Cardinals baseball with Brian Walton. I highly recommend. Smart guy. I like Brian Walton. Good Cardinals. player too. I always associate him with the Cardinals. He's he. That's what he does. He writes Cardinals, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's 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 a smart player. He did a really good job at that auction the other night. Really good. He did a really strong job. It was interesting to watch. Yeah, I, uh, it should have been live streamed. It could have been live streamed. It was pretty fascinating to watch. Watch these guys. It was it was uh, it was a fun experience. I have to say. Ian, and so DVR- much joy, man. So much joy from Ian Khan about this game of ours that we play. I really do love it. I it's, know it. It's great fun. It can be very frustrating at times, certainly. But um, and then tonight I'm doing the CBS uh, fantasy baseball podcast with uh, Frank and Scott, and uh, and I'm looking forward to it. And the reason I'm looking forward to it is when I really started playing fantasy baseball for the first time in 2011 is when I really began to play. Every single day I would listen to the CBS podcast with Scott White, Al Melchior. Adam Azer and Nando Defino. <laughs> and it was Nando Defino, I've said this before, who was the guy who kind of like put me on track to to play the game in a way. And I remember writing you on Twitter. I had just joined Twitter and I wrote to you and I said, I'm I just took over a dynasty team. I'm rebuilding for 2014. It was 2012. And you went, What about 2013? Why don't you do that? And I, you didn't speak it. You wrote it. Well, yeah, but I was like, I'm glad that's 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 my persona on Twitter to you. <laughs> yeah, no, you were like, what about 2013? Why don't you just rebuild <laughs> for then? I was like, no, nah, I'm thinking long term. Um, and I did, and I won in 2014. Anyway, that's another story. All right. So, so anyway, I look See, what a guy to that. replies to all Twitter questions. What a guy. Yeah, he does, yeah, and and made our show today about a Twitter question that was sent to me that I didn't reply to. Nick Gaspari, my apologies. I owe you one. So uh, here we're going to answer your questions. Well, yeah, not really. I mean, we set it up so it would be part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. You get a whole episode. All right. So let's get into it. I I feel like I had something to ask you at the top of the show, but I don't think so anymore. Anyway, if it comes to me, it'll come to me. Oh, yeah. How come what's with the lack of enthusiasm for the holiday party? I thought you'd be right there. Be like, yeah, man, man, sounds like fun. I, I, you know, I, 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 I. I should do that. I just am on Zoom all day, every day, but I'm, I'll definitely be there. I'll definitely make an appearance. All right, as for long sure. as you're there, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll make an appearance for sure. Of course. Oh, I didn't know Ron Chandler's. Ron Chandler's not going. Ron was like, uh, Ron said, "What did Ron say? It's his birthday." So yeah, it's his birthday because his wife would kill him. If Everyone, make sure you wish Ron Chandler a happy birthday next. Th- oh crap! Thursday. Is it next Thursday? Yeah, next Thursday. Absolutely. Very In person, excited. if possible. Yeah, it's true. If you could drive to his house, that'd be cool. <laughs> In Florida. That's we'll nice. give his address at the end of the show. <laughs> Please don't. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
let's start our uh, dynasty league. I think th- I think this is actually very helpful for people. I I hope it's very helpful for people. Um, yeah. I think that the first question you got to ask yourself is how many teams do you want? And we kind of debated this over text until I'm like, Ian, please save it for the show, man. You wanted to figure it out before the show. Well, because that would set the context for everything else. Can but we, we, we yeah, but all right. I hear DVR. What's your vote? I think 15 team leagues are my favorite all around leagues and they work really well in keeper because I in dynasty too, because I find that once you get a circle, that's a lot bigger than that. You really start to run into some issues running the league that we'll probably get to a little bit later. Uh, it's, it's hard to find a group larger than that of ultra competitive people who will all continue to take the league as seriously as they should, mm-hmm. you know, far into the future. See, I got uh, two of my favorite leagues are 24 team leagues. It's one's a score sheet league and one is a Scott White dynasty league, which I feel like Ian should try and get into on the show tonight. Um, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But I like, I love them and, uh, and they're fun. And it's, it's just kind of like, it's almost like doubling the amount of people you could trade with them. For someone who loves trading, like a 24 team league dynasty style, uh, there are enough players to go around. Nah, I'm I'm definitely with DVR on this. I, I right. play in a couple of 20 team leagues. I don't play 24, but although the OTP, which we should consider doing, because Mike Palucci reached out to me yesterday because we literally traded Lance Lynn for Dane Dunning in OTP. <laughs> I was thinking about that this week. I yeah. thought that might have been the exact trade. It was. I mean, there were more pieces attached, but that was the that was the essence of it. Um, he also got Madrigal. I also got Mike Minor. I got Danny Santana. I got Shin Su Chu. I mean, but there was a there was a there was a match there between the White Sox and the and the Rangers, which we then saw in real life. And Pailucci was like, "Hey, when are you going to start that Dynasty League?" Which was something that I've been considering doing, though it might be hard to do this off season. Um, Fifteen teams is the way for me. It just right. makes it keeps teams closer. It it gives you more of a chance to come up. A twenty team league, it's like. Just a lot of real estate to cover. A lot of teams have to take care of themselves. And and as commissioner, you're right, DVR. You got to stay on people. And with 20 people, you know, the, 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 being in the middle sucks. And in a 20 team league, most teams are in the middle. It makes it hard. And then you have of the 20, you have eight teams that are diving, four teams that are going for it, and then like seven teams that are in the middle. I don't think that's the math, but that's so. Anyway, 15 teams sounds right to me. All right, I'm willing to concede. To 15. Uh, we're talking a mixed league, right? Not mono? Absolutely mixed. Right. Yep, mixed league. All right, that's unanimous. Uh, although, well, yeah, you know, for, for dynasty leagues, I don't think you can do ALNL. It ruins it um, if someone gets traded. Is our setup going to be the regular uh, roto setup? Five outfielders, corner, middle, nine uh, nine starting pitchers? Yes, NFBC style, I would vote for. I think DR I'd give it that? one modification. I would take if you that say second OBP, catcher I'm spot. Ending, all right, okay. No, 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 no. Second catcher spot, scratch that, add a second utility spot. Pass. I no, no, no. You, you, I feel it, like you flip-flopped on this. No, I've never flip-flopped on this. I, Ian I was, was a catcher. catcher. I was a catcher. <laughs> um, also, I think, I think that it takes, some of the, it takes some of the skill away from the game if you do that. Because then catchers are just, uh, pick up a catcher off the wire. And I like the two catchers because then you like I just I just started two nights ago my first NFBC because I didn't get to do the auction because Steve did the auction and I was sort of jonesing to do it. So I've done my NFBC style league and in the 14th in the I'll read you real quick who I took because it's crazy. Uh, Giolito, I had the 15th pick. So I'm at the wheel. I took Giolito 
and then Alberto Mondesi. Hello, 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 Alberto Mondesi. Then at 45, I took Alex Bregman and Tyler Glass now, Conforto and Chapman, Kenley Jansen, Byron Buxton, Brad Hand, Joey Gallo, which I was very happy to get at 150, Travis Darno, my first catcher, and Reese Hoskins, who I've never taken, but I have my reasons. And then I took Gary Sanchez and Jerickson Profar this last round. So like having Darno and Gary Sanchez, getting Sanchez at 180 or so, is to me, that gives me a huge advantage over these other teams who are going to have two like holder spots. They'll have Martin Maldonado. I've got Darno and Sanchez. If you have a one-catcher league, I, I'm opposed to one-catcher to you, Till. I've, I feel strongly about it. Nando, break the tie. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I don't know anymore. Of all the hills that General Washington could have died on, I don't think he ever would have died on this hill. Well, this is Ian, not General Washington. So I think that, that, that'll that make it simpler. Yeah, this is, really... this is Ian Con 4, not Ian Con actor. <laughs> right, that's right. This is Ian Con 4, not Ian Con actor slash whatever. Um, yeah, no, I, I feel very strongly about second catcher, not utility. Let me try to persuade Nando for a moment. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, because I did my bit. 15 teams, one catcher. Yeah. These were the top 15 catchers in 2020. Real Mudo, Sal Perez, Darno. Contreras, Christian Vasquez, Austin Nola, Will Smith. Okay, we're still okay. We're about seven deep. Grandal, Kiner Falefa, James McCann, Martin Maldonado, Max Stassi, Pedro Severino, Sean Murphy, and Gary Sanchez. We need to go twice as deep as that to have leverage and value within. Keep going though. Chasing Keep going to the next not- sixteen. There's still decent catchers that are behind there. I'm, uh, you know, I'm on the two. I'm on the two catcher boat. I'm sorry, I'm in the two catcher boat. I think oh, that's yes. like a little strategy with like in and plus. If you're talking a dynasty league, like you could, I mean, you want to have like Adley Rutschman and be like, well, maybe he could be my second catcher, you know, by the end of this year. Um, like, you know, if it's just a one catcher league, it's kind of like maybe he hits the top 15, maybe he doesn't in the next couple of years. It's kind of exciting, I think, to get him in there a little early when he gets called up as your second catcher. I'm very excited. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm I, I have taken catchers. some L's in my life. This is one of my most humiliating losses ever. That's Sorry, buddy. Wow. Sorry. Really? It's second only to the time I ran for student council once. There were 12 <laughs> seats. 13 people ran. I was the no! one who didn't get a seat. Wow. No. Yeah, but what are those 12 people doing now? That's right. Yeah. Do they have a blue chip? Anyway. They're, they're probably hosting other <laughs> podcasts of varying levels of success. Not the level of your success. I feel like DVR is the kind of guy where if you turned his camera around, you'd see a poster of those 12 people with exactly what they're doing in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like red X's through some. I'm not Steve Buscemi in Billy okay. Madison. I've gotten my revenge. Next <laughs> no. up, Jeff Johnson. I blame the teachers because why would you want 12, an even number on student council? Don't you want an odd number to break ties? <laughs> like, who's designing this council? My name was, was like on us. its own row in the ballot because it was a grid. It was a three by four grid with one extra row where I was by myself. So you could circle the top 12. And just leave me out. Okay, so listen, listen, listen. I, I we were deciding this morning because the FSWAs are coming out, and we're like, and like, which episode should we do? I am, I am firm on this. Any episode that has outraged Derek Van Riper about little things is the best of our show. That's as good as we get. But we got to figure and out which one it was. I mean, I'm, look, I'm looking at all the one where he was talking about the emails that he was getting from Ken Giles after just having traded for him. That was my biggest laugh of the of the pandemic, for sure. So it has to be that episode. Well, I guess it's our producer's <laughs> job to go find that. Thanks, Derek. <laughs> Appreciate that. It's Ken Giles I'm pretty on sure Cameo? it was in May. I'm pretty sure it was May. I think it was like mid to late May. 
I'll find it. I'll find it. No, you don't have to find it. it. We'll we'll figure it out somehow. All right. Yeah. It's good stuff though. All right. Outraged, outraged Derek Van Riper. Oh, we were going to, we were going to do something with that. Wasn't there like a cut that we were going to make from last week where Nando said something? Wasn't that going to come back in previously on under the radar? I feel like you wanted to do it previously on under the radar thing. Yeah. I remember that. I did. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll talk about it after the show. Yeah. Bring that off there. We got a, we got a league to form. Sorry about that. Sorry. We're, we're, we're even more off track than typical, which says something. Here we go. Scoring setup. Are you guys, we're not going to do this OVP thing, right? Five by five, old fashioned. I don't know, man. I don't want to influence the vote, but I did come with you on the catcher thing. <laughs> I want to hear what DVR. <laughs> it's so bad. I want to hear what DVR says because I I have so I'll say this I have so many average leagues and now I'm starting to play more OBP leagues which are interesting but I, I I'm sort of open on this I'm I'm a floater I'm a floater on this so DVR where are you fifty one forty nine on OBP if you want to play average oh. I'm not going to fight you about it okay and then Nando where are you at. 100 zero average. Then we go average. Then we go average. I can't. Like, OBP is accounted for in runs. I just, I can't. It takes the fun out of it. You rooting for, it's Carlos Santana. How, where do you, okay, how about this? Where do you want Carlos Santana? A guy who walked almost once a game last year. Do you want, is he good or is he bad? 35-year-old first baseman who walks a lot. I mean, that's kind of why I like it. Because it makes Aaron Judge or guys like that, Bryce Harper, that much more valuable. Um because the three of us are the commissioners of this imaginary league, we're definitely going average. All right. Thank you. For sure. I like this next question. I got a lot to say about it. Ian, how come you never did a Hallmark movie or anything like that? I did a Lifetime movie. Like a, like a Christmas one? I did a Lifetime Halloween one. It's pretty good. It's oh. called Secrets in the Walls. <laughs> we got to find and this I one. And I played now. Uncle Marty. Was it Uncle Marty? Was it Marty again? I think it was. It was Uncle Marty. <laughs> you could typecast as Marty. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I did that. That It shows up every once in a while. And then, you know, I get a phone call. Oh, my God. Secrets in the Walls. It stars Jerry Ryan from Star Trek. And I play her brother. There's like four of us who are, you know, it was fun. I enjoyed that. Shot in Detroit, Michigan. I'll tell you what, Detroit, man, you learn a lot. Nice. All right. All right. Uh, what do you do with a bad owner? I think this <sighs> one's fair. I put this up top because I think it's very important. If we're going to have 15 owners, yeah. one of them is not going to be, or 15 GMs, one of them is not going to be good. And I have, just, I have an answer happens. to this. All right, go. I have an answer to this. One, you have to vet the flip, and that's not the word I want to use, out of each one of these players. I will not let someone in a league that I have not played with at this point. I will not let someone in a league who I've beaten on a trade. If I've, if you, if, if, if you can get suckered, if I've seen you make a bad trade, like just a flat out doesn't make any sense trade, you better have made like 30 that are good because one bad owner can screw a league. Period. Period. DVR made a bad trade two, a year and a half ago in RDI. He's made 30 good trades. He would make the list. It's good to hear. Congratulations, DVR. Yeah, no, no, no. He would make the list. But he knows he made a bad trade. We, it's a, it's sort of famously bad uh, between he and I. So it was the the Josh Hader for Shane Baz trade um, when he got carried away with his rebuild. I've made a bad trade or two, certainly. But you can't make stupid trades because if you do, you screw the league. You screw the league. So you you don't let – so there's a lot of reasons owners are bad. So the first thing I would do is I would vet the hell out of them. If I haven't played with you, you don't get in. If I haven't seen you play, you don't get in. That's first. Then there are bad owners who are pricks. Okay? Do you know any of those who, guys? I know a couple. All right. 
And there, I don't care. You could be the best dynasty player in the country. If you're, if you think of yourself only, you do not get in this league. Period. Because I don't want to deal with you. I'm not going to deal with you. So there's a lot of like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty strict about that. Like, do you, you are, no, go ahead. Sorry, no, no, please, Ian, finish. You get to this. You get to listen to this. This is how it works. You get to play with these people. So who do you want to play with? I want to play with the best players in the game who are also respectful and gentlemen or gentlewomen. Period. All right, but let's just say that you were um, invited. Like, and this, yeah. so there's a, there's a bad owner now. Like, and I don't know. Somehow you've after three years you took over the commissionership because the guy quit. What do you do with that bad owner? Let me go to DVR. I think it'd be interesting to see what he has to say. Part of what I want to do when I set up a league in the first place is have a downside to tanking and not taking the league seriously. It's finishing in the bottom. If you can add a penalty, double the entry fee for dead last, maybe one and a half times the entry fee for bottom Ooh. three spots that aren't dead last, that helps a little. But if you're just talking about a person who wrecks the league and stays in it anyway, that is definitely more difficult. I think you got to give them a warning in most cases. There's some behavior that would merit an immediate ejection from a league, of course. Like there's there's always an exception, right? But I think you got to talk it out first, at least attempt yeah, to correct the issue. If that, that doesn't work, boot them. Ideally between seasons. You don't want to boot someone in yeah, season yeah. and have a team just kind of floating out there with nobody running it. You booted a guy in one of our leagues. And that guy deserved it. I think it goes back to what you said before, Ian. I don't want to play this game with people I don't enjoy spending time with. You know, there's a there's a certain enjoyment factor that is lost if you have a holes in your long term leagues, especially. You know, like it it ruins it. It just ruins the feel. It ruins the communication. It ruins the types of trades that happen. In I think I try to be objective. If I don't like somebody. I'm not going to kick them out of the league because I don't like them. If the rest of the league has voiced complaints about that person, clearly it's not just a a me thing, right? I mean, I don't have a a perfect judge of character. I'm not the the be-all, end-all of what constitutes a good owner versus a bad owner. But once you get multiple complaints from other people in the league about someone that you've already looked at and said, yeah, I'm not sure about this person, that's that extra nudge you need to start addressing that situation. And also, also like, don't be arrogant <laughs> ever, ever. Well, that's a life, that's life advice. Yeah, that is life advice. But, but especially in fantasy baseball, because you don't know who you're in the room with. True. Uh, let's talk trade veto. Yay or nay? <sighs> I, I thought this was an easy no, but. It's not. It's not right. an easy no. Okay. It's an easy no if you set up the league with people that play it the right way, air quotes, people that play in a way that is not short-sighted if if they have reasonable senses of how value should work. And I think I say that it's a contradicting statement in some ways. Like I want people to see the pool their own way, but there's a limit. There's a certain point where you're not doing smart things in the league. I think you vet those people out in your initial build and when you let new people in. And because you did that, you don't have to have a trade veto Option. I, I think that's a hard no for me. I reserve the right as commissioner to step in on a trade. You could have a clause about collusion or anything that you're legitimately worried about, but I I don't think you want to have vetoes in a long-term league. I don't believe in league vetoes. I, everyone needs to shut the F up. If you're not the commissioner of the league, you don't get to. You can express your opinion privately to the commissioner. Um, there's one league that I commissioned that there is a 
uh, it's not a veto, um, but it's it's in many leagues the trade just goes right through, right? Like in Maki, like the trade just goes boom right through, uh, and both teams like as soon as you press accept, the guys go. In this one league, it was set up before I was commissioner, co-commissioner. I'm co-commissioner in this league that the commissioner has to approve the trade. There has been one time in the last couple of years where I had to step in and at least, and I actually, I don't think we changed the trade at all, but we spoke to it before it got put through. And I was like, you can't do this. This is not okay. What you've done. Like you have to understand who you're playing with here and you can't take advantage of this person like that. Uh, that's the only thing that I have, uh, but, but we didn't veto it. So I guess veto no, but commissioner getting to say something about it. Yes. And warnings, warnings about it. Can't, oh, that's can't make bad trades are bad trades are really bad, you know. Bad trades are really bad. Like, and what 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 constitutes a bad trade in well, that's my it. mind? That's the, okay, go ahead. I'll tell you. Is so we just did OBP versus average, and DVR went fifty one forty nine. Obviously, that's about as good a trade you're ever going to find. Anything above sixty five thirty five in terms of value differentiation is a bad trade. If it's seventy thirty, that's just a bad trade, and. You get one of those or two of those. But that's why I said the vetting at the beginning. It's like, if I've seen you make bad trades, I don't want you. Period. I don't want you. All right. Because you, you'll, you'll, you'll mess up the league. That's true. Um, all right, let's, let's move along. Uh, this is one I thought was interesting. There is, should there be a trade deadline or off-season trading? Because I'm in the Scott White Dynasty League, and he is infamously, he turns off trading from, I believe, the start of the playoffs – uh, up until after the auction, the next season, um, Yeesh. yeah, and yeah, I mean, like we, I, I've, like I've tried it, and actually, one guy who, who's like he's a marketing executive got a couple baseball players. He before this is pre cameo, recorded them giving Scott a hard time for not having off season trading. Um, but he's is he's very very steadfast in this, and I think the league, his league, he can do what he yeah, wants. Exactly, I think it's about ten years old. Wow, can it be ten years old now? No, maybe like eight years old by now. Um. It's a fun league. It's a good league. I enjoy it. Ellen's uh, Ellen Adair is in it. Nice. Um, but anyway, it, I don't know. I like off season trading because you, you get to talk to the people in your league in the off season. It's not so much gameplay for me as it is just kind of staying in touch with the league and keeping it alive in your brain. Trade deadline August thirty first. Off season trading begins a week after the World Series. That's it. Well, we got to go to DVR for that. I mean, you can't just make that rule. Without no, no, no. I'm, I'm just giving my what I have found works the best. August thirty first. Uh, trade deadline so it keeps people in the game longer some we used to do august 1st and like when the was like no no no, don't just keep the trading open august 31st so someone can try to buy their championship in the last moments um and then uh and then no trading for the month of september and october so typically like november like 6th or something you reopen and then you go and you stay open till august 31st that's my vote dvr dr i usually split the difference i usually hold trades out until about the end of December. Usually it's around the holidays when I update the Keeper League that I run, and by January 1st, everything's open. Sometimes it's a little earlier. Once in a while, it's before the winter meetings, but I want there to be, prior to Keeper decisions having to be made before the auction, I want teams to have a chance to trade for players. I think that's a a good window to have, at least for January, February, and usually the, the auctions in early March in that league. So I think there should definitely be at least some off-season trading. One key to that, if you're in a league where you collect an entry fee, 
require that anybody who's going to make a trade has paid their league dues for the upcoming season. So if you open your league after the World Series, you open your league in November, December, whenever that is, you lock moves until you receive payment. That will help you as a commissioner. You're not going to have to shake down as many people later to actually pay for the league. I don't know if shakedown is the right term. No, shakedown is the right term. They owe it's you the pan- money. Yeah, it's, it's but- just obnoxious to have to follow up three or four times to get, I think, a reasonably small amount of money, 50, 75, 100 bucks from somebody. It's, I think a lot of times the people who are slow to pay, they're not doing it on purpose, but they've probably never been in the position of having to follow up and follow up and follow up and then have money ready. And it's like, if you're a good commish, you're paying out a day or two after the season ends. Everybody knows what's going on with the money. It's you know very simple and transparent, but having to follow up multiple times to get a payment for a league is one of the most frustrating things about being a commish. Without question, I agree. I'm in that. I got that mess right now in football. Um, I got two guys who didn't pay, but it's worse now. I mean, it's the pandemic, and one guy's like, "Well, I got furloughed," uh, and it turns out he didn't, and uh, the other guy's just being a, not a good dude about it. So. Yeah, no, this, this, I've gotten to a point one year I had to pay somebody's entry fee in one of the leagues, my fam, friends and family league. And that actually just, the bad part about that is I don't want to talk to that guy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> not only are you out of the league, but just don't call. I'm not interested in your, I'm not interested in your time. You've wasted my time. You've wasted my money. So pay your freaking entry fee. If Ian Khan doesn't want to do phone call with you, you are like the lowest of the low at this point. Well, eh, it's okay. He's a, he's a decent guy. I just, I, that, every time I think of him, I go, "You owe me money." Yeah, and that's no fun. You yeah, that do sucks. That. That's not that. You don't want to deal with that. Pay Nando's guys if you listen to the show. Pay him his money. Yeah, pay me. Give they me my money. Pay me my money. Anyway, all right. Uh, let's get into some juicy. So, what stuff. did we decide? Wait, wait, wait. we didn't decide what? because I, I, I'm November seventh, and DVR is January. What do you vote? I like Ian's idea. Actually, I'm sorry I keep cool. siding with Ian on all this. Diver. Why did they even show up today? Oh come on! It'll get better. This is just this is just the easy stuff. I think we, we're getting into the fun stuff better. now. <laughs> it never gets better. I want I wanted to get into the actual rules now. Um, All right, let's do it. Well, because I play in some leagues where you can keep everybody. I play in yeah. some leagues where you have contracts. It's Scott White league where you know after the first year it adds a dollar, the second year it adds three, then it adds five, seven, ten, and it goes up kind of increasingly. Uh, so you can't keep them forever. Um, and then I got some other leagues where it's just ABC year contracts. After the third year, they're they're out. Um, and then I got another one where you can extend people and do this and that. So how are we going to do the keep? And then there's like full dynasty where you get a team and you keep them until you trade them. Yeah. Which do you two prefer? And I'll start with DVR since he's crushed and maybe I'll take your side on this one if it's close enough. I like the system you described. It's what we use in Maki where we have A years, B years and C years. We have an extension that you can put on players before the C year. Uh, you can add them for... Uh, five bucks for each additional year that you want to extend those players. And I think it's it's a keep 15 plus 10 minor leaguers sort of league. It's not full dynasty, but I think it forces you to make some tough decisions. It helps you maybe choose a direction depending on the core you have in place. Obviously, it puts a pretty heavy weight on finding players either cheaply in the auction or as top prospects and either trading for them or drafting them in the reserve draft. Uh, that's my preferred way to play. I understand from a, a management standpoint, that gets really messy. It takes a lot of time. It, it takes more time to explain the new rules to people who aren't familiar with them. So if you're a commish that doesn't want to deal with a lot of questions or maintenance, uh, it's not a good fit then. In that case, you know I think the simple keep 10 or keep 15 can work, but I'm 
generally opposed to keep everyone every year. I like the fun of getting a chance to fill a lot of spots in the auction. I think it just it makes it makes people trade more. I feel like in the leagues where everyone keeps everyone, it doesn't lend itself to a lot of movement and you're basically glued to the first year player draft and international signings as your biggest source of of changing your roster. No. Seriously, oh, no. man, people no. people get stuck. Well, they get they get glued to their long-term prospects in the keep everyone forever leagues. Like we get movement in RDI, but it I don't know. I, yeah, it's no, not, RDI it's does the, not have as much movement as it should, but I think that's because I think it's because it's too big of a league, and I think it's people are too far out of it, and there's just the top teams. Uh, do you, n- not are you go next? I'd like to go last on this one if it's all right. Uh, I'm actually, I don't know which one I like best. I, I was thinking about this last night, and I was writing, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like each one has its own little thing that I like about it, and I, I in a weird way, I kind of like having three leagues with three different sets of rules. Um, Right, but we're setting up our league. Right? I know, so, so I'm gonna pass my vote. My vote can be bought. How about that? Okay, jeez, oh, here we go. As long as it's one of the options that I actually like, my vote can be bought. Here's I'm gonna give my answer to this. And tiebreakers, tiebreakers, uh, Brickaroli. By the way, get her on Slack. Ask her which format of keeper league she prefers without any context. <laughs> I feel like I'm <laughs> going to that well too often with the out of context questions for Brit. Okay, we, she, she doesn't know what my... she got into hanging out with fantasy guys. That's the problem. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't really want her to regret that and just walk <laughs> away from the show. So, I think this is going to be a surprise. I find keep everyone dynasty leagues to be boring at this point, and the re- Ian's Ian's putting like a Doctor Manhattan on all of us, you know. Like, he's gotten so good and so smart at this that he's just kind of ascended to another level. Well, it's so tacky and arrogant to say this, but and and I'm not perfect at Dynasty Leagues by any means. I mean, we came in second in RDI. We didn't come in first. There's still growth to be had. But the other Dynasty Leagues that I've played in, I've found a level of success where it's just sort of like, yeah, I know how to do this. There's not much. It's I'll put it this way. I'm finding the XFL challenge of joining that league fascinating and fabulous because it's hard because you got to figure, you got to figure stuff out. Like I'm looking at our roster, Steven, Steve Gardner and my roster, and we're looking at it and I have all these ideas of all these big trades. And I'm like, wait a minute, we can only keep 15, including minor leaguers every year. I've got to consolidate more than I need to get more young pieces. Whereas if I'm playing dynasty, I'm going to flip you Darvish for boom, 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 boom right now because I can build with those guys long term. It's definitely the move to make. But in this format, it, it's more challenging. It's just it's just harder. I haven't figured out a way to, you know, it's like a poker player who like their game is Omaha and they, they've mastered in their mind. They've mastered Omaha. Uh, well, I, I feel like I've got dynasty set. Like I know how to do it. I don't need I could do it in my sleep. I'm more keen to play in the Keeper League. Though, the ABC League that I play in with DVR, which I've done pretty well in, came in first first year, second last year in a 17-team league, I don't like it as much as the XFL. XFL is more challenging because you can only keep 15 overall. I also kind of like, though, I think there there could be an adjustment made a little bit on guys that you pick up in the monthly drafts. I don't think they should be $5 players. I think they should be $1 players. That's a subtle thing that Derek and I have even talked about. But I like that if you bring a kid up, like I traded Bryce Harper. We traded Bryce Harper and Gio Urshela. Harper was on his original contract at $28 because it only goes up $3 a year if you raise the player. 
and we gave up Urshela on a $11 contract with a $5 raise every year. So he's only good for another year or two. And Bryce Harper for $28, up $3. So he'll be good for another four years in that league because there really is inflation for hitters, not for pitchers, frankly. And we traded those two players for Adley Rutschman and Andrew Vaughn, who we now will be able to keep for the next 10 years. I love this format. I'm having so much fun in this format. I think I would start this format. I also think, you know, Cushing and I have been winning DL. So sorry. Cushing and I have won DL1 (laughs) the last six years in a row. It's either been him or eight years, I think it is. It's either been him or me. That's not going to be the case in XFL. There's going to be, you're going to have to go up and you're going to have to go down. You're going to have to have your your period. I think it makes it more fun. I think it doesn't lock the league in. So I'm actually surprising myself. I wouldn't start a dynasty league at this point. I would start a high, uh, a a keeper league where you have to pay three years of your, uh, you have to pay three years in. So there's no, I'm done. I don't really like this. It's no fun. You can leave, but we're keeping your money. So you got to pay $100 each year. So it's $300 to get into the league. So that's what that's what I would go with. So I'm kind of with DVR on this. All right. It's just a question of the specific rules. All right. I'm in. Uh, I think I can get behind the paying $300 up front, but uh, I don't think that's cool for a new person. How about that? Well, the new person wouldn't be in this league. I'm just saying this like is- three or four years down. I mean, you got to write a constitution. So three or four years down the road, you kick someone out. Someone new comes in. I don't think you can be like, all right, yo, it's oh, 300 no, no, no. bucks and no, inheriting this crappy team. No, the point is, no, that's true. The point is that you you lock the people in so that they can't leave easily because it's hard to replace players right. with a bad team. So let's say after the first year, they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Then I can bring somebody in and say, hey, Andrew, I'm going to bring you in and you're going to have you're going to play for free for two years right? because it's already been paid. And then it's easier to get a good player to come in and help rebuild the team. All right, I like that. Yeah, um, too. All right, I'm good with whatever you guys want to do with the uh, the keepers then. Let's say let's call it Maki for now, but I would I would modify it, all modified right. Maki. Fair. Um, well, then we'll hammer out these details later. By the way, if anyone's got if if you got some ideas and you like formats, hit us up at fantasypods at theathletic.com. Um, that's our email address. We'll we'll look at it and probably read it on air uh, next show if people enjoyed this. Also, let us know if you enjoyed this or not, if you found it boring, because, I mean... Why did they find it boring? What's the I don't boring? know. I'm just wondering. Some people might just want, like, let's talk players, but you know, there aren't a ton of them. Outside, yeah. outside of Ryland Bannon, who are we going to talk about? Who's that? Exactly. Okay, we're going to draft. Is. He's an incredible value, uh, apparently, on the trading cards market, because I just keep buying Ryland Bannon <laughs> cards. <laughs> I remember now. He's the fourth outfielder for the Orioles, right? You know, well, no. I mean, he's got a bright future and Power and power. Okay. 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 And power. Listen, okay. you you find the guys. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So uh, someone put in this rundown rookie draft, uh, question mark, and I, like I, that was probably me. Um, <laughs> so, I'll say it like this. I, I've been in leagues where it's just like a straight rookie draft, and I've been in leagues, and obviously this is in the Keep Everyone League, but in leagues where you keep 10, um, you know, and there's a dispersal and they're all just included. And in the score sheet league that I'm in, every month there's a supplemental draft of two rounds. And the one after um the one after the the actual rookie draft is when you could you know, like I had the worst team this year in the league, so I got to pick Spencer Torkelson um in July or whenever, whenever whatever whatever yeah, whatever would have been the, the month after. Um, which I liked a lot. Uh the Scott White Dynasty League, you're not allowed to bid you can't pick them up after they're picked up. You have to either bid them up in the auction or pick them up in this supplemental minor league draft, which is only made up of players who have never touched the major leagues before. Um, so there we go. The set that up nicely for you. DVR, how do you like to handle rookies coming into the league in these dynasty leagues? Or no, I'm sorry, not rookies, you know, just drafted minor league. You know what I mean? Well, so what we do in Maki is kind of the way I prefer to do it too. Your bench and your prospects come from the supplemental draft separate of the auction. Like you fill your like active that. lineup gaps with the auction. Everything's based on that 260 budget that's pretty standard for auctions, right? So you might keep 15 guys and you got 50 bucks to fill the last eight active spots, but then your reserves plus your minor league system gets rounded out by a 20-ish round supplemental draft. So it's a mix of everything. You can go after prospects early. If you're really good at digging into the J2 guys, you can maybe wait a little bit and, and get some more immediate help earlier on in that reserve draft. You've got different ways you can attack it. I think for formats like that, you're better off going after top prospects, at least with those first few picks before starting to get the fillers. But everyone you know, has their own way of going about that. But I think that's the best way to handle it. I think the key question that comes up when you do it that way is do you allow players who have not played in the big leagues to be thrown in the auction or not? You should not allow that, actually, DVR. And it, like last year when uh, one of the players took Riley Green in the auction, that was crap. That wasn't fair. Because it because yeah. then you, you pick him up and then you just drop him. But you block him from being uh, drafted. And I thought that was, I thought that was uh, bad form on that player's part. I think there could be a twist on that where if you if you if you buy a player in the auction who's never played in the big leagues, mm-hmm. you can't cut that player. Like that should be a rule. Like if you're going to do that, you have to hold that player. So you're well, committing yeah, but- to that roster spot. You're Fine. not just okay. going to draft him, cut him and then keep him away because you can't right. pick up a player like that in season in that league and you shouldn't be able to screw people that have early reserve exactly. picks. Guys, people Which that would go ahead of you in the order. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to screw them, but if you're playing the long game, 
and you're playing for two years from now, and you want to spend a couple bucks on Riley Green because you think next year he's going to be a big leaguer, I think you should be allowed to do that. I think that's the modification I'd put in. I'd put in a but clause. Then, but but put it in that you can't even, loose. you should make them keep them. How about this? That if you draft that minor league player, you have to keep them until they hit the major leagues. And then you can drop them. That'd be interesting. And then maybe you could drop with penalty or something. But I, I think. No, no drop. You that'd have be a good to keep them. Isn't the penalty built in? Them. If you're if you're paying money, isn't the penalty no? Because you're paying two bucks in in the auction, and you're keeping Riley Green from you're keeping a really good prospect from being picked up from another player. No, you should have to keep them until like that's just the rule. There's no you're not allowed to drop them, and you're not allowed to trade them. Or if you trade them, yeah, like that's it should be harder. He did that with like four players last year, and it was and I had the first pick. And I just kept seeing guys go. I was like, really? Oh, man, I'm not taking him. I can't get him. And I traded to get the first pick. It was it was nasty. That was a nasty little thing that he did. Yeah, that is pretty crappy. Smart. It was. It's smart. No, it wasn't. It wasn't even smart at all. You don't all. think that's smart? No, it was just rude. It was just rude. And by the way, that league, the Maki League, I do with our Dr. Tom. Dr. Tom. Hey! Hey, hey Dr. he's Tom my partner Scott. in that league. Pediatrician of the year. Pediatrician of the year. Sorry to be sorry to be nasty about that player, but I, I, I did not Why not just name him? That. Put his name nope. out there. Well, Let I everyone know that. who he is. Nope. He or not. she. Will not do that for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, wait. Did, what were we on? Did you, did, yeah, this is great. Yeah, what? I don't know. Well, we're, we're on rookie draft number nine. Oh, rookie draft. Right. Um, so actually, one thing I would add to this, which I find super fun, is open universe. I like open universe. I don't like it. You don't? Because it's too much work. It's a lot of work. It it's, adds no, it's, to the, it's not a work thing. It's just like someone's going to claim this 16-year-old hot prospect. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like... I don't know. I, I guess you're if you're wasting a... Sp- but if we're going to do that, I would like to very much limit the spots. So that's actually something... That you're, it's not like, oh, let me just, you know, I'm down to like the lowest of the low minor leaguers. So I'm going to pick this guy uh, in Korea who had 30 home runs last year, who might get posted in two years. Um, it's something you got to think about and something you got to sacrifice to, pr- to put that person on your roster. I, I like the it. idea. I, I don't like the practice. How about that? Fair enough. I, but I, I do like it. I like that Kumar Rocker is in XFL and that Ryan Feldman will not trade him. That's funny. Jack Leiter's already on a team. Adley Rutschman was on a team before he was done at Oregon State. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, I I think it adds to the game. I mean, one of the things in the Devil's Rejects League, which is a 20-team, pretty much keep everybody, but you keep 28 guys a year, which is its own interesting thing, just keeping 28 guys. You can pick up, and I like this, and this this goes to Fab. You, you have four pickups a week, and you can pick up anybody whenever you want them, which suits me because I could see a player pitch and go, oh, my God, who is that? I'm picking him up. Boom, right? And uh, and it, it's open universe pickup at any time. I kind of like that, too. It's kind of fun. It's a tough league, Devil's Rejects. It's not always fun to be in that league. Yeah. But, um, but, but that's the one aspect of that league that I really love. I love that part. So if there, would you guys be open to that? And instead of fab pickups every week, just pick up players whenever you want for a week. First, first come, first serve. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like first come, first serve. I like the game of fab. Okay. Yeah. Fab's important. I, I think having that is critical in terms of taking the available players and Fairly putting them onto rosters. How about although? How about I'll, I'll I'll meet you halfway and say maybe first come first serve on Sundays. So if you're like a middling team and you got screwed in Fab, or maybe like Mondays, 
and you need to get someone in there to set your lineup for the week, um, then like you can just you know grab you know one of like those end of roster dudes who are always floating out there who because I just I need my fifth outfielder. This guy got hurt, or you know I, I lost all my fab bids. So let me pick up uh, Mike Touchman real quick. No. I would pass on that. I would pass. I, I was trying to help you out, man. That. My best. No, no, no. It'd be major leaguers only if that were allowed. It wouldn't be. Oh, you decided to just add a prospect on Monday because. Yeah, no. It's yeah. A, you, th- then I'd rather go with a fab, and you just got to do your fab right, which is a pain in the butt. the The fun of the pick up somebody is like I remember watching Josh Stomont last year and going, "What?" Like I was just watching him pitch, and I was just like, "Huh." Holy smoke. Or I read something about a college player and I went, I'm let me dig deeper on this guy. And then I call Wilson Caraman, who's my partner on that team, and I go, Hey Wilson, look at this, look what it says. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, let's get him. You know, or Willie Castro. Willie Castro just or Dylan Moore. Like we picked up Dylan Moore. So I was like, We're picking up Dylan Moore right now. And we have him. You know what I mean? It 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 is kind of fun. It's it's not like you know, like a ESPN league where you pick up Mike Trout the day that he came up. Like I remember when that happened in one league, and it was like the guy picked up Mike Trout and Bryce Harper on the same day because it was, and he was right by his computer. It's a different vibe than that because most players are already owned in that league. It's a twenty-team league with forty-five men rosters, so it's really you're you're not picking up big players. You're picking up little 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 guys. I mean, but isn't isn't there like there's something to be said for like that sweating out like. You saw this guy. No one else is on him. He's somehow a free agent. Now you got to hope that no one else saw what you saw over the next four days. So your two dollar bid on him beats out you know some guy who's actually like in love you're with right too. You, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna acquiesce to this because DVR has something really good in Maki. Whatever you pay for him in Fab becomes his price next year, which I like. So it's like I want I'm picking up Nathan Eovaldi's on the wire. I really want him. If, will I get him for two? Like, I'd love to get him for two and keep him for two, but it's probably going to cost more. All right, seven. Is it worth keeping him in seven? You know what I mean? Like, so it does anything that adds extra things that make it a little bit more complex is fun. I like that. Scott White has that, and I like that a lot because you got you really got to think, like, how much am I going to bid for this guy? Right. I yeah. like that. Right, so, I like okay. That. Okay. All right. So we get rid of – we. it's not going to be pick up whenever you want. That's its own thing in its own league. That's not part of this league. It's boom, boom, boom. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Nice. Uh, so I don't, I don't know how much more time we have. We have a few more. I think things. we only have we only have two more questions, pretty much, right? Uh, or entry fee. We entry fee. You got. Entry. I think you got entry fee. Hundred bucks. You got to pay three three ahead. You can almost argue that you could keep those extra two in the bank at all times, and just keep receiving money. Well, you could probably. And then if you leave the team, and. It, it, well, I don't know. Sure, somebody can. I'm, I'm joking. I'm not do yeah. No, but but here, how about that? How about that? Like, and if you leave the team and the league on good terms, you get to take your 300 back. If your team is easily, re- if if getting somebody to take over the team is easily replaceable, you get your 200 dollars back. But if you leave the team in bad form and you can't find a replacement, then you gotta you gotta get rid of that 200 dollars. Anonymous vote on what? Uh, if that person gets to like, how are you going to if they're in if they're in good standing? You just ask everyone to vote anonymously, yes or no. No, the commissioner makes the decision, and it also comes down to this. If I go to Andrew again, I just keep saying Andrew because Andrew McQuiston, um, I always look to bring into leagues. He would be involved in this league as far as I'm concerned because he's just a damn good player. But I go to Andrew, and Andrew goes, I don't want to take over that team. <laughs> and then I go to this guy, and he goes, I don't want to take over this team. I go to this woman, she doesn't want to take over the team. Your team's not in good standing. 
you need to you need to give your you don't get to keep your two hundred. But if someone's like, oh yeah, I, I, yeah, okay, I like that, then they can then you get your two hundred back. It's simple as that. I like that. Right. Can you no, be a pitcher? <laughs> yeah, uh, in Tat Wars, the, the utility can be a pitcher, it can be a player, it oh. can be whatever. It's like a swing position that you you could put whoever you want in there. No, no swings. All right, I don't no like swing. that either. Okay, thank you. Okay, just want to make sure. Uh, oh, I guess you're right. We got when do you run Fab? And assuming this is a Fab league, um, when would you I run like, Fab? Sunday. I night? liked. You know what? DVR did this this past year, and I loved it. And I think we should keep it. I don't know if he's going to be willing to keep it, but we ran Fab Thursdays and Sundays, and I love that. I'm I like all that. about twice a week. What do you think, DVR? Would you Would you be up for that? I'm okay with it twice. I prefer it once on Thursday nights only because every team plays on Fridays. And I think that's a better way to set up the week. Opening day now kind of falls around Thursdays usually. So that's how I prefer to time everything out. But I realize the standard is Sunday. But my argument against Sunday night fab is that in pre-COVID times when we had social lives and went places and did things, there'd be this stretch from late May until the end of the season, where if I did anything on the weekend, it was usually on Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening, or maybe I just went to Milwaukee to see family, and I'm hustling back Sunday night, hurrying to my computer, trying to jam Fab in before some leagues have a 7 o'clock deadline for me. Tout is 8 o'clock. Yeah, it's 8 Eastern, 7 for me, 5 on the West Coast. I mean, if you're going to do Sunday deadlines... Run them late. Run them at least at midnight Eastern. There's no, no reason. There's no oh, yeah, reason yeah. to I run like those that. early. Yeah. We all have more time Monday morning to tinker with the lineup to put guys in than we do Sunday afternoon to do fab. I, and I, I don't even have kids, man. I don't know how people with kids find time to sit around for three or four hours working on fab for all their leagues. You don't need three or four hours, man. Come on. You need three or four hours? 15 leagues you do. Nah. All right. All right. Fair enough. I, okay, so Thursday night fab, but I, I like the twice a week. I like that Thursday. What I love about it with Maki is Thursday you're buying players for Friday for the week ahead because in, in Maki it's Friday to Friday. But I like Sunday because then you can throw in your little extra special. Ooh, I kind of saw this guy over the weekend. I kind of like him. You know what I mean? I, so every opportunity I have to buy players is a, is a good opportunity. I don't like that, but only because that this, this is just one for me um, because I it's like – I feel like that's too much. Like I don't want to go Thursday and then again on Sunday. I would just okay. like Sunday, but I'm I'm totally cool if you want to do it. It's you know I would be all. I think I'm alone it. on this. I think DVR just wants to do a Thursday night. Is yeah, one one a week. I think that was Cause that did the two a week for GDD. Which given how little we knew about players missing time this year, also that's a daily. That was a daily league, which it should definitely yeah, you made stay those changes to league. adapt to this year. But in a normal season, one Fab a week is enough. I think you could do something like midweek lineup swaps for IL guys or something if you want to have midweek flexibility. Tout Wars does that. I think that's something that should become more popular. You shouldn't... You shouldn't. If your lineups lock on Monday and you find out Tuesday that the guy that was going to pitch Thursday isn't going to pitch, you should be able to replace that pitcher. That's a better version of fantasy baseball if you have that rule. I think we should definitely do daily leagues for, for that league. I love the daily league. Right, this I'm, should not be a daily league because Nando didn't want to do that. No, no, no. Hey, I look, think... look. I'm just one out of 15 that we voted on. That's true. All right, so let's 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 finish up. So, um, how many IL spots? I have I have a pretty strong feeling about this. I love. I think more IL spots the better. 
I think we should go with five. Although in Maki, there's zero IL spots, which causes its own headaches in its own way. So uh, I, I would go five IL spots. I'm, I'm good with unlimited whatever. Like the more the merrier for me. So I'll go with whichever one you two want. I'm at zero, but that comes with the make your bench the right size for the type of league that you're running. Maki mm-hmm. has eight bench spots now. So if if that league had IL spots, it would probably have three or four, and then it would have four or five bench spots instead. So you'd, you'd get IL, but you'd lose bench, and it doesn't make that much of a difference. But the reason I don't like unlimited IL is because in a keeper league, you can just keep stashing away injured players if you're not contending. And then you just have this limitless pit of random injured players that doesn't come back into the pool when they get healthy in season because they got buried on some rebuilding team roster. Yeah, but you you have a smart way around that, which is you don't allow players to be picked up in Maki for, uh, who are on the IL, which I think like, is while, smart. Yeah, while they're on the IL, right, can't that pick just them up. blocks that from happening. Yeah, I like that, actually. I like that. I think it's smart. Because right. I tried to pick up Syndergaard last year for like two bucks, and you're like, Ian, do you not know the rules? I was like, oh, yeah, right. Sorry, <laughs> damn. I was like, Syndergaard's out there. So I should just grab him and hold him, and I could trade him. Somebody wants him. Why is he out there? All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, let's go with let's go with no IL. No, you can't do that. Oh, all right. At least All give right. us a couple. Give us a couple. All right, well, all right. look, look, look. If I'm if I'm if I'm the one against two, no, that's no, fine. No, 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 no. All right. So how about three? But I don't. I want thirty-one players. I don't want twenty-eight players. I think. I think. I think uh, Derek is a little um, draconian with his IL. So let's say three. It'll be sort of. It'll be in the middle. Sound good? Well, how about this? A little undersells. I'm very draconian about this. Uh, right. You are. You're really draconian. It's a good word. I'm delighted I used it. How big is How big is our roster here? I guess I didn't. I didn't put that one in. 31 players. I like that. 31 players with three IL spots. How's that sound? Okay, I like that. So really, 30, 34 players if you got three injured guys. Right, but... Yeah, but if you don't. Right. No, it's 31 plus three ILs. All right, and I got another one that was the uh, first three people you invite. Oof. You invite, I guess, would be the word. <laughs> if you want to I'll let you guys correctly. go first on this one. Uh, yeah, I don't care. I was going to let you guys invite people. I was just going to... I'm just happy to be here. I, you know, I'd invite. I think Scott White would be really good for this league. Um, is this going to be an expert league? Or do we just pull in who? Expert? No. Oh, okay. All right. Expert league. No. Um, Scott White, Frank Stanfield. Um, Frankie's good. Yeah, like yeah, Frank's underrated. Uh, I think because you know he's got like the sh- he's got the shaved sides of his head, and sometimes has like that the man bun going on. <laughs> so people are like this guy doesn't know anything. Frank's good. Yeah, I like Frank. Well, uh, and then how about Adam Ronis? Ronus is good. Yeah, Ronus is nasty good, man. Because you know those three—they're fun to mess with, uh, you know, in, in in the message boards and everything. And I've always got, always gotten fair first trade offers from Scott White, like without fail, amazing first trade offers from Scott White. Yeah. Um, and like he knows your team, you know what I mean? He'll study your team and, and throw someone at you that actually, I don't want to kick someone out, but I think Fred Zinke should be in this league too. Yeah, Fred should be in. Uh, he could be one of yours. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll invite Fred. I'll invite do Glenn Colton and Rick Wolf count as that's one one invite just because they saved the team. me. You saved me an invite there. Yeah, um, and I think who haven't I who else haven't I played in a keeper league with that I'd like to play in a keeper league with, but would be good at it. I don't think I've actually ever played in a keeper league with Tristan Cockcroft. So no, that's mine. Cockcroft's mine. Cockcroft and I are starting the league. 
This was I, just, I was there for that conversation. I got kind of bumped out of the commissioner talks, but Did you really? Yeah. Were you was this was this in Tampa? Yep. Ah, yeah, no. Tristan and I were t- I didn't know who knew you wanted. Okay. So all right, you picked Tristan. Damn. Um I have my 3 because they're all either part Oh, all right. I'll go this way. So, uh I'm going to go Of course, man. There's no surprise. Yeah. I mean, you got it. I mean, the yeah. guy's just absurd. Um, Steve Gardner. And, uh, well, I mean, I could, of course, go James Anderson. Ding. And I probably would. I could go Clay Link. I could, you know. But I'm going to say there's a guy who I share a team with in DL1. I brought him on this year to help me uh, with the Cushing League. Because I was just, because frankly, I was just, I was just too busy. And I was like, I need... I was anyway, his name is Robert Mershak and he is an opera agent. That's what he does for a living. That's cool. And he's a, a nice man and a smart man and a good player. And I think I I know what a good player he is and it would be actually be fun to play against him. So I think I would invite Robert Mershak into the league. Though it does cause a little problem because we share a team and then that that's always tricky, you know what I mean? So but but those those would be my those would be the people. Well Colette too. I mean there's Justin Mason. There's so many people who I would want to invite, but you said three, so those are the Well no, I mean like I don't want to, you know, be a jerk about it. No, no, no. There are a lot of there are a lot of great, you know, Eric Cross. I talked to Eric Cross about uh, joining this Cockroft League that I was planning it was going to be a fifteen-team dynasty of all the people who do dynasty rankings. That was my original thought. Was uh, that's why I thought of it. You know, it was Tristan, Eric, myself, and uh, I'm sure there there are so many other players that I should people who do great dynasty rankings. But those are the first off the top of my head. All right, uh, we'll build out the rest of the league later. If anyone has any follow-up questions, feel free to hit us up on Twitter, fantasypods at theathletic.com. I'm sure there's a lot we left out, but you know, these this is the early days of building a dynasty league, and I hope this actually helped answer the question. We didn't it's actually, actually more of a keeper league at this point, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, it's yeah. really a keeper league. Uh Nick Gaspari, I hope this helped uh to some degree. I know you asked for the website <laughs> to play on. Well, I would play on Fantrax. And and the other thing is I'm out, I'm out on Fantrax. Are you? Where so, where do you find a league to play in like this? Well, that's, that's it, what Nick was we getting set at. That up. If you don't have we could, if you don't have fourteen friends that want to play Dynasty with you, you know, where do you go? I've got an answer for you. Ooh, I've got a good answer. On Facebook, there is a Facebook group called Baseball Three Six Five, which is run by my friend Andrew McQuiston, who I was oh, and I have to invite Andrew. He's such a good player and oh, yeah, a really come good on, guy. Man. This is gonna Sorry, be a seventy two team league. No, it really won't. Um because I'm gonna be Anyway, um, Andrew McQuiston <laughs> runs this with Tim McLeod, uh, Kang Do, some really great guys. And if you literally, you asked to join, say Ian Khan said I should join this this group on Facebook. It's on Facebook. It's a really good group. Um, and they have guys all the time who are saying, hey, I'm looking for people. Now, what I would recommend, I think it's dangerous to take over teams. I think it's hard, you know, unless it's a really good league and you really want to play with those players. Otherwise, look for a startup. I would look for a startup league and build the team that you want to build. And we can have, we could do next week. We could talk about building the best dynasty from, from scratch. Cause I have thoughts about that as I've shared before. You know, we can uh, literally on the athletic, we've done this before. I can, I never thought about this, but it's the off season fantasy, the fantasy baseball uh, sections kind of not dead, but I mean like, you know, there's not a lot going on. I can put a post up and be like, Hey, you want to join a dynasty league? You want to start a dynasty league? Here's m- meet your match right here. 
drop it in the comments um, and go nuts. Make it happen. I can. You, you're the godfather. Make it happen. All right. All right. All right, done. Uh, that's all. We'll be back in two weeks, I believe, DVR. Is that right? I think we can go next week or in two weeks. we got the option. Hold on, next week. I don't know. Next week. Let's, yeah, well, yeah, let's depends do next on your week. guys' schedules. I yeah. can do I can do next week. Let's do next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My I gotta keep my festivus clear. I've got a lot of, a lot of grievances to air this. Hey, year. you know my buddy my a buddy of mine wrote that episode of of uh of Seinfeld, the Festivus yeah. episode. He wrote you it. You have a brilliant friend. And no, his dad created Festivus in his family. <laughs> it actually Holy was crap, true. That's, that's a real, real thing. Yeah, that's real. That came from his family. Can I meet this man someday? Can you arrange that? <laughs> I, I could certainly arrange a phone call. Yes. There's a real Frank Costanza, like basically, well, you're telling me. A I, real I, person who invented Festivus and celebrated it with the pole. Yeah. Yeah. Mind blown. Festivus episode. Let me let me let me look this up. Uh, it was it was called The Strike. The episode was called The Strike. Kramer goes back to work at H and H Bagels. And uh, it's my buddy Dan O'Keefe, who I was, uh, he was like the youngest of writers back then. And, uh, and he was, he's brilliant. He's a brilliant guy. And uh, really, and they ended up writing on Veep. He's done a lot of stuff. But yes, I, I once said to him, I was like, yo, I just saw you wrote the Festivus episode. He goes, yes, I did. I was like, where'd you come up with that? He goes, my dad. I said, what? He goes, yeah, we (laughs) celebrated Festivus every year. And I told Jerry. And we put it into the episode. And I was like, oh, my God. He was like, yes. Oh, my God. There's a book. He's got a book called The Real Festivus. Yeah, yeah. I told you. Let's have him on next Wednesday. Uh, He doesn't like. Oh, wait, no. Do you know what? He is a fantasy baseball guy. Oh, this is actually a funny story. He is. I could get Dan. I mean, we don't really have guests. And if we bring him on, won't Glenn get really mad? Won't Glenn Colton get really mad? We got a, we got but, a lot of people who will get upset if we start bringing on guests. But can we invite Dan O'Keefe to our keeper league? Well, I can't believe yes. he wasn't one of your three. He no, I mean yes, we probably could. But the <laughs> problem, <laughs> I'm gonna sorry, Dan, you're about to get thrown down the hill. He uh, he so he says so. You're some like big shot fantasy baseball player, huh? I was like, well, and this was early in my fantasy baseball career. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm okay. And he said, well, you, you've never played with me. And I was like, okay, do you want to join my friends and family league? Cause you're my friend and you can join the friends and family league. He's like, I'm going to take it down, Ian. I'm going to embarrass all of you. I was like, okay, good. Let's, let's see how it goes. And he came in out of 12, he came in 11th. And, oh. and then at the end of the season, he went, yeah, nah, you created because that league uh, which actually I'm going to be stopping. This is that last year was the last year of it. Is a combo of roto and head to head. So it's like it's it's categories every week. So you win by categories. And he said you created some like Frankenstein league that I just couldn't figure out. So yeah, no, I'm not playing in that league anymore. And I was like, Danny, okay, Danny. And he's like, and shall I give you my my grievances about the league? I was like, no, I think we're good. I think I got it. But no, yes, he's he's great. He's a great guy, and uh, I'll reach out to him. Actually, I will. I'll call him. We'll I'm see if he has any ideas. Yeah, he's he's yeah. very funny. He's very wicked smart. Right. Harvard, Harvard guy. Harvard. We'll get his take on the uh, rookie draft. Yeah, I'm sure he's All got right. a lot to say. I'll, right. I'll call him as soon as we get off. I'm going to call him. On that note, we got to go. Uh, for the man who's starting a 264-person keeper league that you have to pay 30 seasons in advance to play in Ian Khan. <laughs> well, that's the way it should be. <laughs> for the man who actually has secrets in his walls, Derek Van <laughs> 
don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time. This has been Under the Radar. Be sure to uh, you know like, subscribe, follow, whatever. But hit us up with emails if you have any ideas for your own dynasty slash keeper leagues. We'll talk to you later. Good talk. Good talk. Bye.